Well, that concludes the service. <laughs> what in the world else is there to say? So bravo to you, God likes over there, and you, God likes here, and you, God likes there. So let's start with a little test this morning. A T-E-S-T. Are you ready? Okay, your answer will be fantasy or reality. So you get to pick from those two answers. People should be kinder. All together. As the choir. Fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Now, how do you react when you think people should be kinder and they're not? Well, what do you do just before you pray? You know, we'll call this part true confessions. Cuss, judgment, anger, frustration, irritation, isolation, cut off, withdrawal, apathy. I'm a mind reader, you know. I've had cameras on you. Guess how I know your mind? And it is loco. Loco. So then if you believe people should be kinder, and they ain't, how do you treat them? Kill them with kindness? (laughs) What's it like when somebody's manipulating you with kindness? What's it like when they're righteous and indignant and teaching you and coaching you and mentoring you on how you ought to be? Two thumbs down. Thank you. I got a little... From the amen corner. Well, this is the reason why it's not effective. So if we don't like it, we've got to stop it. If we don't like it in the world, then where do we work? Basic unity. You don't like the projection? Clear the projector. Guess where the Lent is? This is good news. This is the direct route. The one-stop shop. So how would you be with people, humanity, your family, if you didn't believe they should be kinder than they are? How would you be with them? If you weren't believing they should be kinder than they are, how would you be with them if you simply weren't under the effects of that belief? Kinder. Ain't it something? More accepting? You don't have to like how they are. You don't have to love how they are. And you don't have to be a victim to how they are either.
Now, this is gospel. Gospel means good news. This is the good news of the day. That just because they're a knucklehead doesn't mean I have to be. And that I've got to, re- and that I've got to return that knuckleheadness with more knuckleheadism. And then sing and pray every Sunday. Let peace begin with me. <laughs> Let there be peace on earth. As long as somebody don't cross me. And then, you know, I tease in Unity Churches. I'm in a different one almost every Sunday. Three out of four Sundays. And it's like, oh, welcome to Unity. Everybody's welcome here. And it's like, as long as you agree. <laughs> When you welcome us, when you, don't, when you don't agree with us, you're likely to get the look. <laughs> but we'll smile. Because <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's like, well, tell your face. Because <laughs> it's the last to know <laughs> how good things are. So it's all good, fantasy, or reality. It's all good? Well, in theory, it is. In the absolute? Probably. Maybe. If it's true, there's one power and one presence in all the universe in my life, and I am one with it, and I'm eternal and infinite, and nothing can change that. Then all is well in the absolute. But back here at the ranch, (laughs) somebody better shut the gate. And somebody better tie their horse to a tree if you don't want it marching off somewhere. So we're talking about back here at the ranch. Is it all good back here? No. All together? No. No. Have you experienced it as all good? No. No. So it's a direction we can go in for our life. It's a direction to go in that it, it could be all good, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I cannot exceed my own evolution. If I drop a bowling ball on my toe, it hurts. I am likely to cuss. We have hurt feelings. We don't do a happy dance when we get terminated from professions and jobs. Well, we do later down the road, but (laughs) we don't when we're in that pain. When we believe our control and safety and value and power is tied up in that, we don't do a happy dance when that rug is pulled out from under us. So, employment, reality, or fantasy? (laughs) Employment, reality, or fantasy? So, it's fantasy if you believe you know how that's going to go. Then we sign contracts and stuff. Then how does that go? (laughs) Then life blows through. 
And if you're attached to that fantasy, that dream, that contract, that marriage certificate, let's get real now, then where does it leave you when they say, hmm, not so much? Where does it leave you? Now, who would you be in those life situations and life circumstances if you were reality-based? If you understood employment comes and goes, that marriage is come and go. Now, some of you are looking around at your spouses. It's like, (laughs) you may not have had this experience yet. We take turns, you know. (laughs) Just how would you be with your spouse differently if you lived in the reality that this too rises and passes? How would you be with your spouse differently if you were based in reality, if you didn't take that for granted? How would you be in those professions and in those jobs if you didn't take those for granted either? That this too rises and passes. So I'm literally on a divine appointment. I have been assigned here. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it for sure. And you don't have to be a victim to it either. But isn't being the victim juicy? Tell the truth. We love this. It's like, you know, you can go on a vacation and 99% of it, just heaven. And then the one meal you didn't get that suited you, what do you talk about? That one meal. There's even a scientific um, evidence now for it, studies about this. It's called the missing tile syndrome. Have you heard about it? So it's like if the ceiling had 100 tiles in it, you look at the ceiling and there's one tile missing. What does the mind go to? The one that's missing. And it absolutely loses reference for perspective of The 99 that are doing fine. (laughs) And zooms in on the one that ain't. And then, can you believe it? (laughs) Look at that tile. (laughs) So let's get some of this out of our system this week. So raise your right hand. This is your chance to express a little of the victim archetype. Lay it right on your forehead and shout out. Now this is the victim salute. So anytime this week you don't get what you want, this can be your response to it. Oh! It'll just be more honest than the way we've been doing it. (laughs) Then everybody knows where we stand on this. Like, let me just have a second here 
then maybe I won't have to take this burnt toast to my grave. Ain't that the truth? The toast pops up. Well, remember when you ate bread? Like, do you still eat bread here? You know, I do a lot of traveling and this little joke doesn't go over because people can't remember eating bread. And this week, somebody traveling with me said, well, I don't eat bread. And my friend said, it's not bread, it's a biscuit. (laughs) Welcome to the South. You don't even know what bread is. (laughs) Just imagine that the lesson here is not getting what you want. So you pop your little bread down and it pops up a little too dark to search you or perfectly black. And what's this reaction to it? Oh! Then the phone rings. How are you? Oh! Burnt toast! Well, have you ever had burnt toast before? No, but I did this morning. Well, how old are you? 65! So you had burnt toast once in 65 years? Yes, but it was awful! It was my favorite bread, organic bread. So what do we talk about the rest of the day? Now this is the allure. The allure. So lead me not into the temptation of mind. Lead me not into the temptation of mind. Lead me not into the temptation of a concept. Lead me not into a story based in faulty thinking. Of false idols. Of victimization. Deliver me. For here is the power For there is the power, for thine is the power, if I can avoid that temptation. And the stronghold of that allure. There's another life for me. There's another way of being with life. The rhythms of life. The rising and the passings in life. So get a sense of that. And let's do a little more testing. Fantasy or reality? My spouse should agree with me. All together. Now those, the people that are the loudest here are the people in relationships. Those of you not in touch with this yet still think a relationship will complete you. It will for a second. And then will we'll annoy you. And irritate you and frustrate you. And then there's those socks on the floor and crumbs on the counter and the newspaper not folded right. 
and the milk jug left empty in the fridge and all sorts of other more serious things. Now, this is why people won't let me do their marriage ceremonies anymore. Because I have a reality-based set of vows instead of a fantasy set of vows. And if you can actually say yes to them, you're on more solid ground. You'll actually be more true. So then it's like, hey, will you love me unconditionally? It's like, nope. (laughs) I will love you every time I get what I want from you. When I don't get what I want from you, I will be moody, grumpy, bristly, withhold, go silent, get angry, cut off, isolate. Is it still a yes? I will blame you, fault find you, nitpick you, hold you responsible. I'll also remind you of all of your crazy relatives you tried to get away from by marrying me. Then you'll wake up one day and go, oh, it's her. I've married her again. (laughs) It can be very, very frightening. So fantasy reality. Children should be well behaved. Now that the loud response there came from parents. Those of you that aren't parents think if they were mine, they wouldn't act like that. Because you've not had your turn yet. That you have no control whatsoever and you think you're supposed to. Talk about hell. So those of you with children, what's it like when you try to control them? Ineffective. Thank you, sir. That's the response. Well, now, what happens when people are trying to control you? I saw. We got some honest people here. I love this. It's like, that's on a good day. (laughs) So this is the reason not to try to control people. It's ineffective. It doesn't work. It doesn't get you any favors. And you don't like it when it's done to you. So remember the little part about do unto others? It's not just a theory. So if I want that to stop out there, and I've tried five decades to get them to change, Ineffectively, where else could I work? Oh, basic self-realization, basic unity, basic unity. So now, fantasy or reality, my tires should always be inflated. But isn't it alluring? So think about your life, this many years of your life. How much of that life had a flat tire in it? Right? Some of you have never even had one, but you're scared to death of having one. 
because you've heard all the horror stories. So we scare ourselves through imagination. All imagination is full of terror, fear. So if you want more fear and terror, make up a future. (laughs) And then believe what you made up. You want more shame and guilt? Refer to the past. It's where all the hell is. All the terror is. Then there's now that says, hey, let's see. This much life, how much of it was a flat tire? Or none? So then imagine you go out today and the tire's flat. It's your turn. (laughs) What would it say? What would that part say? Oh, God. Oh, God. OMG. This is just awful. This is a tragedy. This is devastating. Now, basic unity. So the second we name a thing, we experience it. So if you call it a problem or a tragedy or a devastation, what will you experience? So who created it? What did the flat tire have to do with it? This is important piece. It's a flat tire. Now, if you looked upon a flat tire and called it what it is, how would you experience the flat tire? If you just looked upon a flat tire and called it a flat tire, how would that affect you? Yes, sir. We got some sense. You would move collaboratively, innovatively, resourcefully, thoughtfully to solving it. So this big brain we have that we seldom access, we could use it. But the second this goes up, we regress to the little speck of the brain called the reptilian brain that can do nothing but three things. Fight, flight, or freeze. So we have devolved, regressed to the state of a dinosaur, a lizard, a snake. We have just that capacity to panic and freeze, to get mad and bite, I'm never going to drive again. (laughs) And then it blames. It has to discharge all that anger. So it has to blame. It's your fault. You should have noticed my tire was flat. (laughs) It's Michelin's fault. It's husband's fault. It's wife's fault. See, all that anger and discomfort has got to be discharged somewhere. So where is it likely going to be discharged? to the closest people around. The people we care the most about takes the heat in times like that. Without us ever realizing, hey, there's another option for me. 
hey, there's another way to be with a flat tire, and I was the last to know. <laughs> hey, I could just call this a flat tire. Hey, I could just call this unemployment. Hey, I could just call this divorce. Hey, I could just call this my turn at disease. Name one person you know that's not had a disease. Name one. Anybody? Phenomenon? But when it's our turn, what happens? <laughs> then 99 tiles. We don't look at, hey, for 50 years, 60 years, how much disease did I have? But what does it focus on? So what would living life in gratitude look like? When it's your turn, and you could step back and go, hey, 50 years, 60 years, how much disease did I have? Score. Gratitude again. If you looked back at the diseases other people got, and what they got assigned to, and look what you got, what would that be like? If I said, let's all throw our diseases in a pile and mix them up, and you're going to get reassigned, would you want the one you had or the one you might get? Which one would you take? The one you got? Gratitude again. The opposite of this. Now, you don't have to like it. This little book... You familiar with this book? I did not write the book. That is not me. Although I look like that. If I had wrote this book, it would be called Loving What Sucks. <laughs> it's called Loving What Is. Now, do I love what is? No. Do I like what is? Rarely. But I'm not a victim to what is much and it gets less and less and less as I continue to do this work as I continue to meet reality on reality's terms I don't have to like it I don't have to love it and I don't have to live as a victim to it either now herein lies liberation people herein lies freedom and herein lies another way of being that we've only read about. That you can get a glimpse of, like you did this morning. Like, hey, if I was less fantasy-based and more reality-based, who would I be? See if you can answer it out loud. If you were less fantasy-based, and more reality-based, how would you be? More peaceful. Get a sense of it. More loving. Freer. 
keep going, happier, a calmer person, more creative, able to think, innovative, wiser, more resourceful. Would this be okay with you? Like no more waiting, no more waiting. So I want you to cancel your plans for the afternoon and stay for the workshop. And it's not for me. It's just three hours. Stay an hour, stay two. Do what you can to get rooted in this and get on a foundation for a new way of being before you leave. The work is free. The books in every library, bookstores everywhere. And it's a textbook. It's not a book to be read. And you may read it. But just read a sentence. Read one paragraph. Read one page. And then actually apply what it says. Test it out for yourself. So don't believe what I say or what Denise says. Test this out for yourself. Because until you test it out, it's just crazy creek woman's blah, blah, blah. Or another theory. So apply this for yourself and see what's possible. And I really want, so look at somebody by you and tell them you're glad they came today. <laughs> now look back at that same person and tell them, I live in reality. Now look back at that same person and say, and you can too. You can too. Reality's fine. The water's fine. Come on in. Reality is fine. So as we, as we, as we close here, get a sense of who you would be based in reality. Less affected by the losses and changes and rhythms of life and the rising and the passing. And get a sense of what you would pass down to your children. And get a sense of the impact you can have on the world right here and right now by keeping your roots down in reality and changing what you can and accepting what you cannot and know the difference. And what I know for sure is you don't have to do it alone. 
the beauty about having communities like this. I'm so proud of y'all. What you've done, this thriving community, this thriving ministry that you have here. Do you have a sense of what miracle makers you are? That you're miracle makers? Like, look around at what's going on in churches. Like, it doesn't look like this. It doesn't, it's going the other way. So you're a miracle maker. So look back at somebody and tell them now, hey, I'm a miracle maker. I'm a miracle maker. I'm a miracle maker. And now tell them, and you are too. And we're miracle makers together. So God speed to you as you continue to stay the course. Keep innovating. Keep resourcing. Keep what you know to do that's going to be necessary if we're going to have communities like this particularly in what even even happening in unity movements. Uh, in 2000, when I first looked, we had about, in unity, 1,500 churches, a little over 1,500. We have 500 in 15 years. So it's not just a theory that you're a miracle maker. So stay the course. Make miracles. As Myrtle Fillmore said, Everything you need to change the world is inside of you. Get at it. (laughs) I love you and cannot help it. And I know that you love me too, and some of you haven't realized it. (laughs) Because you'll feel tormented by me, and you're welcome. So some part of you can be comforted, and I hope some part of you has been activated today to another way of being. And I'm here to support you any way I can. So hang around. My, all the ways to contact me are on the website. And um, I know who you are, and I know what you are. <laughs>